Welcome to the Wellness Pie Shop, where each episode we delve into a different slice of wellness in hopes of nourishing ourselves. With the help of special guests and a little of our own irreverent insight, we'll dive into some of the ingredients that make up the whole of Wellness Pie. We're your hosts, Dina Searden. And I'm Rachel Paez. Thanks for joining us. Now grab a cup of tea, sit back and relax, and enjoy a piece of Wellness Pie. Welcome to Wellness Pie Shop. On today's episode, we have with us the lovely and talented Anaset Jacques Willis. And welcome. Thank you. Hi. Hi, ladies. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. The Wellness Pie Shop. The Wellness Pie Shop. I know, girl. <laughs> and I got to say, it's a cloudy and cold and rainy day today. And for our listeners, Rachel is <laughs> bundled up. He's bundled up. Like she looks like Mama I'm Babushka. Chilly. I'm chilly. <laughs> Anna said, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're up to, how you came to be with us today? Yeah. So I am, my name is Anna Set. By trade, I would say I'm a clinical social worker, but I like to say I'm a lot of a little bit of everything. So I don't like to define and put myself in a box particularly, but school-wise and my work, I am a clinical social worker. I've worked uh everywhere. Uh, but mainly my job has been in the VA, veteran administration, working with homeless veteran, now working with veteran in the, in the correctional facility. Um, and but when I started, I started wanting to work in actual prisons. So my job started in New York City, um, straight out of grad school. I think I was 23, 24 years old. And my first job career uh, was at Rikers Island. Oof. That was where I started. So um, jump like, right oh, in. Jump right in. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love watching Law and Order and SVU. And I had just an obsession with the the mind of, you know, a, a criminal or a serial killer, like what made uh, someone's brain pattern or behavior pattern kind of go that route. So that's something that was always interesting to me. Um, so I started that and then I worked in Rikers for a while. And then after about four years, I was, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. <laughs> we can I've explored enough so there. <laughs> explored. It was a very intense and also a rewarding experience at the same time. And then I transitioned over to the VA, which I've been for about 13 years now, both in New York and currently here in San Diego. Um, and again, I've worked with foster care children. I've worked um, with the MS Society. I've worked with uh, visiting nurse services. I've had my own little practice. So I've, I get, I like to say I get bored a lot. So I like <laughs> dip and dab to keep myself, you know, on my toes and and keep my, my brain fresh and thinking. And I am, a little backstory about me, I am born and raised in New York City, Queens, New York. My family is from Haiti. Um, I am first, uh, yeah, first, first American child of my family. My mom came to the States um, through a boat from Haiti, left my dad, left my brother, um, and was under the boat. And that's how she was eight months pregnant with me. And her goal was to have me um, in wow. New York. So that way she can stay, she can send for my family. She wanted that American life, that American dream. Um, she got arrested while she was in Miami. So I always say, I, hey, maybe that's why I'm linked to wanting to be in prison. I don't know. <laughs> um, wow. But yeah, she was in prison while she was um, pregnant with me. And then eventually she was released. That was back in like 1980, um, 1979, 80 is when I was born. And um, she 
kept going and made her way to New Jersey with family and then from there to New York and um, was with me there for seven years, just me and her. And then I met my father and my brother um, after that and grew up in Queens, New York, Catholic school girl. I can go on for days. Like I, my, I just, what makes me and who I am is so much, uh, so much things, but that is one part of me that I think makes my strength is that story and my mom and, and coming from that hardship and my journey now from that has, I don't know, made me who I am. I have so much. I'm, I'm so excited. I just like, my brain, my brain just went boom. It's so funny. You said about wanting to work in the criminal justice system. Um, I empathize with that very deeply. I feel you said it's like, I wanted to know how their brains worked in in regards to serial killers or or criminals. And that is the, that's the reason why I wanted to work with people and specifically people um, who have committed crimes. I wanted violent crimes. That was the thing. And I just found it so interesting. And so I loved hearing you said that it was so validating for my experience as well. Um, And something that I look for in my career as I move forward is I want to work in the criminal justice system. The fact that you did that for four years at one of the uh, most, I don't even know, I was going to say prestigious, but I don't think you can use the word prestigious to describe. Notorious, maybe. Yeah, there you go, notorious. Infamous. Notorious. Infamous prisons in, in the world. That's a whole other conversation we can have. And there's something else you said that I think is going to come up multiple times in this conversation, but I want to point it out now because it's something that I struggle with in regards to society's input in my life is you said you get bored easily and that's why you do a lot of things. And I, I, I call it, I suffer from the same thing, but that's also society tells me that that's what, that, that it's kind of bad to do that. Or like you're bored or you're not focused enough, or you have ADD when I like being a jack of all trades. I like having so many things that I do or get, as you say, get bored easily. I get excited often. It's kind of like how I kind of word that I get excited. I like often. that reframe very well. And, um, and I'm, ex- I'm, I'm really interested to dive more deeply into where that comes from. You know, my, my therapist will tell me it's cause I got ADD and I am just excited to know where, where do you think that that comes from in you, that, that drive to kind of just keep doing many different things and wearing different hats? For me, it comes, I'm, I'm really into astrology. I'm a Gemini. So okay. being that I have, people say I have multiple personalities, I'm an air sign. Um, and so I'm kind of up in the, people will say I'm up in the air a lot. So it's just the need for, I think being with my mom at a young age and her bouncing around, having to figure out how to make ends meet. And I was with her, you know, I was with her when she used to clean people's homes and would stay there for a little bit while she cleaned there. I was there with her. Then she would work at factories. Then, you know, she would go and work at a gym. She was just all over. And I think that just kept me always on the go. So we would never Mm. really sit put um so from that and then my mom also tried as much as she could to keep me busy mm. because she was working so much so I've done I was in track I was in dance I was in piano um I was in so many different things and so many different groups at such a young age I think it just stimulated my mind in a way where I just enjoyed being around different people different things and different places and I like when you said that sometimes people look like well you need to sit down um and that's something I struggled with a lot, a lot, a lot. And I would um, kind of hide myself from being this person that was, some may say, oh, you're all over the place. And, yeah. um, and, and it made it seem like it was bad, you know, it was something that I shouldn't do. And 
because of that, I was kind of, I would say more, more trying to control it, not mm-hmm. for, not for me, control it for other people. And then that's mm-hmm. when it, it shifted me and made me try to stay in this box that I so much wanted to get out of. Um, and that took a long time and time and, and growth and learning for me to figure out how to get out that into that me wanting to jump around and do different things is actually a strength of mine. Yeah. You know, that's just who I am. That's what I value. That's my journey. Um, I'm a spontaneous person. Um, it, it brings me joy. It fills my cup. So I finally took some time and got to embrace that. But I would say it started from, yeah, bouncing around with my mom and being in different schools and different people, having to meet different people all the time um, from all walks of life. So it just shaped me. Yeah. I think it's so cool how you're, what it sounds like to me is like you found this sense of stability in being unstable and being that kind of, um, somebody says it to me, it's like, you know, you're comfortable in chaos. And I think what you're saying is, is like, you learned how that becomes a superpower, right? Is like when you have the ability to juggle many things or do many things or find interest in many things, you, I don't know, I think that people who maybe suffer with that or suffer from the opposite of that are scared of people who can do all these things. It's like, yeah. oh, wow, you can do all these things. You can manage all this or find excitement in all these things and not just like the same kind of um, maybe mundaneness that they find yeah. in their lives. And I I just really, I, I empathize with what you're saying so much. And it's funny because talking about astrology, I'm a Virgo. I am a grounded sign. I am like safety, security, stability, like very much like that. But I still suffer. I shouldn't say suffer. I still experience this as you say, airiness yeah. from the Gemini side of you. So it's it's just interesting to see very opposite on the astrology lines, um, mm-hmm. having this commonality in their experience. It would be interesting if you did your uh, human design and find like your rising sign and stuff like that. You're probably one of your other sign is probably up there. Probably. There. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I'm curious. It, it sounds like you tried to fit yourself in a box that other people built for you. You came you know, across an ocean in your mama's belly and into a world that was probably not really accepting to your mom. And she really probably had to struggle. Did you at, feel as though you had to prove yourself? Um, oh, all the time. All the time. All, all the, the time. time. Yeah, all the time. My mom, you know, I was the one that that learned English and had to communicate for her. You know, I was the one that handled a lot of the the stuff at a young age for my mom, like, Hey, we're going to go here at probably like five or six. I was making decisions. Um, mm, cause wow. I knew it was me and me and her, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then also going to a school where it was a very diverse school, but I went to Catholic school. Now I have to, you know, <laughs> wear the uniform and go to church every you know day. I, so I it was this script that was kind of written for me and I was just playing the part and following mm-hmm. along with what I thought I was supposed to do. And then also having behind me as my, my mom and my family, you know, sacrificed so much for me to be born here and to have the rest of my family come over here. So that also was a big weight at a young age. So Mm -hmm. it's like, well, let me do everything I need to do to make sure everyone's okay. And for them in a Haitian culture, it's education, it's school. Mm -hmm. Um, It's usually most people in my culture are either are nurses or doctors or lawyers, like those, you know, those trades. So when I said I wanted to work in prison (laughs) and it was like, what, what are you talking about? Be a nurse. I was like, no, I don't want to be a nurse. I want to work in Rikers. So that was a start of, you know, me breaking a little bit of 
that that straight and narrow that you know my my culture has what they thought was what you're supposed to do being in America you're supposed to work and you're supposed to identify you're supposed to have a house you're supposed to have a family you're supposed to all these things um was constantly instilled in me and and I appreciate it because it's it's one side of me it made me who I am um but at the same time that's a lot of work that I had to do to kind of break those things down to be able to be comfortable with who I am and comfortable outside the box of you know my culture of what I'm supposed to be you know and I'm still still doing that at age 40 it's like it's you're still rediscovering who you are and outside of what the environment and people, places and things tell you you're supposed to be. There's so much there, <laughs> so much. And I'm going to just ask the question. So what are your values? For me, values are connections, uh, friends, family. That's something that's always big for me. I'm a very social person. I, I love meeting people. I love learning from people. Um, I love learning cultures and, and hearing people in their depth, like not just surface, like I want to hear your story. So I, I, I love listening and being there. That's, that's one of my values. Um, and I think I got that from my mom instilled and that's how she was able to maneuver. And I think that, you know, where I got that part from. And another part of me, my value is adventurous. Again, that's spontaneous. Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> I would say, um, I moved to San Diego. What did we move to San Diego about eight years ago? And we've lived in six places. Um, and it's because, wow. and I always look for a new environment. Like I look up places, what's around, what store, what energy am I going to have? And then I'm like, all right, something new, something else. Um, and that's something that's just me, you know, and um, that's a value of mine. It's, it's, it's adventure. It's, it's traveling, it's experiencing, it's learning from people. Um, that's something that I really hold dear to me. Um, and at the same time, I value just balance, you know, balance and all even, and that sounds weird. Cause like, Oh, I'm all, I love being, you know, spontaneous, all of that. But I also do know that because of that, I do need a, a grounding balance. And I, I, I search for that. I seek that through different practices that I do to help me get that mellow side. Because when I am at that balanced state, I, I see how I feel at the same time. So those are things that are really important to me to do because it's just, you know, makes me who I am and it keeps me where I want to be. So the balanced part is necessary because that's what keeps you kind of emotionally yeah. safe and yeah. not flying off into... Yeah. Cause I can. <laughs> so I, I know that about myself. So it's like, Oh, that's a good side. But I also sometimes like, Hey, sit down for a second. And when I finally do that, I'm like, Oh wow, this feels good too. Mm-hmm. You know? So um, yeah. You had mentioned that in your culture, people, there's an expectation that people become nurses and doctors and, you know, these highly six traditionally as highly respected professions. Right. And what other kinds of cultural expectations did you have to wrestle with as you grew and became your own person, defined your own values? Yeah. One big one I would say is religion. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up in, in the Catholic household and in the Haitian community, um, that is a predominant, you know, religion in that agency. And I had to, you know, explain to my family when I wasn't, you know, going to church every Sunday, like how I was. And not to say that I didn't believe in God. It was just, this is 
what I choose to do. So I like to call myself a spiritual person. Um, and when you tell that to someone in the Asian culture, it's like, what is that? You know, it's automatically that I don't believe in God, that it's this and it's not that. I believe in God, the universe, uh, you know, everything. And that's just me. So having to explain that to, to my family so they can understand that I'm not going to sit and, you know, do the rosary, but doesn't mean that I don't appreciate me learning the rosary, but my spirituality has expanded to something different. And I don't look differently upon you and what you guys are, are doing and how you're doing this. This is just my path. And it's something I had to say and say again and say again. And to the point that I had to just whatever they were saying and, you know, people that I love who didn't see or agree, I just have to kind of just brush it off. Um, and that wasn't, that was, that wasn't for them. It was, you know, I, t- I, I expressed it. They understand how I feel and they're either going to try to understand or not. And if not, I'm still going to go this path and still talk. And I have, may have lost some family members that through that. Mm. Um, and that has been okay, you know, and I, I it was a, a journey that I had to take. But the same token, I appreciate what I have learned from growing up, you know, being in a Catholic religion and, and you know, that strictness and those things is what shaped me. I would say that was one struggle. And another big one was choosing not to have children. Mm. Um, <laughs> once you're married, you have kids. I have been married, my husband, for 10 years, and we have decided that we didn't want any children. I have a beautiful stepdaughter that I adore. Um, I've been in her life since she was seven. She's now going to be 21. And I think that filled that nurturing side for me. But, you know, after I went through that, I was like, okay, I'm good, you know? And that was a conversation for me and my husband to have. And he was on the same path as me. Is that our life, just our journey in this particular life did not have, you know, children in it as far as for me. And having to tell my family that, to this day, some of them still call me as like, when are you guys having kids? When are you guys having kids? I'm like, we've been married for 10 years. I could have had kids 10 years ago. I choose not to. Um, why? Why are you doing this? So for them, it's, it's, it seemed as like abnormal, you know, it's, um, what are you guys doing? You know, I'm like, well, I'm traveling, I'm working, I'm, you know, living this lifestyle that I chose for myself. My husband is also in the same path. So that's, to me, that was the conversation, only conversation that really mattered. And I have some that finally accepted, like, oh, she's not having children. And I have some who still, still. So it's just like, what's wrong with you? Something must be wrong, you know, rather than, no, I just chose this. So again, I just learned to silence that noise and listen to my own voice and my own noise mm-hmm. um and respect their opinion respect their and I understand why they have that opinion you know that's just the culture and the way it was but I had to do a lot of healing to break break away from that so I can be my true self not this person that they wanted me to be or that the culture thought I was supposed to be yeah so and again it was through a lot of healing I'm not going to say it was easy because it was not um, it's still not easy. I talk to my family and I feel bad. And like, am I doing something wrong that, you know, my, the last name is not going to stay or whatever. And again, I just had to say, well, this is my journey and it's not theirs. Um, if they love me, they're going to love me for who I am. Well, what I was going to say is that, so one of my values is authenticity and I'm sitting here listening to you. And I'm just like, I have a smile from ear to ear because your authenticity is so undeniable and it comes in your values and it comes in from your, your stance in yourself against society, not just the American society and the American culture, but your Haitian culture and your own family culture. 
And it comes back to, again, the first conversation we had, which I knew was going to come up again, was your board easily thing. And, and that's something that's kind of shamed in our culture. And the other thing that you mentioned is this idea of adventurous and how that can be something else that's kind of shamed in our culture. Like, oh, you're not stable. Like, oh, you move around a lot. Like, that's weird. Or like, that's not good. And what you're saying to me and our listeners is, just how important it is to stand for what you believe in and what fits with you. Again, back to the children conversation in our society, that's a no, no you're married and you're not having kids. You're not procreating. What are you doing? You're, you are making a mistake or you are making a bad choice. And it's so inspiring and, and empowering to listen to your authenticity and how you choose to live your life alone. These values that might not be the right ones, or I put those in quotes for our listeners, the right ones are the society, the society acceptable ones. And even with your value of connection and being a social worker and not just choosing that as something again, against your own culture and in that profession, but you chose to do it with people who are culture says you shouldn't have connections with. And there it is again, you're, you're just so hundred percent yourself. And it's, I'm just so excited to just keep talking to you about all these things. Cause it's just, I think a lot of people get scared to make the choices you do. Um, the choices not to have kids, the choices to walk into prison, the, the choices to bounce around and, and feel this kind of way in yourself. And we don't, we don't have enough people like you. <laughs> we don't have enough people like you that that are just unafraid and and I and I'm gonna put that that comes from your mother for That's making what I was gonna choice. say too. that comes from the choices that she made of being unafraid and yes she lived the American dream but she also went against a lot of things when she made that choice and so I I feel like I'm knowing a little bit of your mother just by speaking to you and um yeah again just like the, the way that you, your values come through so purposefully is just really amazing to hear and listen to. Oh, thank you. Mm, mm -hmm. world. It was a struggle to get there, to finally feel okay to be who you are a hundred percent. And with not really, you know, I used to not really caring what other yeah. people think, but in listening to your own voice, it took some time to get there. Um, and I still care other people may say or whatever, but in, in a different way, you yeah. know, in a different way um, that doesn't block me for leading the life that I want to lead. So I appreciate what, you saying that. What would you say was that you gave your age away, which is 40, which nobody would know. Uh, <laughs> what, what would you say that, that, that started to change for you? You know, I can imagine being by your mom's side for a while. It probably took some time for you to recognize what was yours versus what was hers. Mm -hmm. Is there a pivotal memory or age where you feel like that started to transition into what you identify as your own? Oh yeah. I would say, um, as ironic as it sounds, it was when I actually lost my mother. Um, mm. I remember on her deathbed, she said, baby girl, just live, 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 live. And for her to say that was so powerful because at that moment I felt that she didn't want to, you know, me to be held back in any kind of way. And whatever made me happy, she wanted me just to pursue. And she knew how strong my family would be in my ear and the different things. And she was like, just live. Um, so at that point, I think it was a big shift for me where I just started living. 
um, started feeling again of how I wanted to feel. Um, and that started with me through, I started with active, you know, like working out a lot, you know, um, she was a person that worked out. My husband was the person that worked out and running the pavement and being in my thoughts. And instead of quieting them, mm. I'm, that's the moment that I'm going to listen to them because I was again, growing up told this is the way you're supposed to think, even to the point of, I talk very fast. And sometimes people say, I talk a lot. I remember when I was growing up, it's like, you talk too much, you talk too fast, you talk too much, you talk too fast, you know? So then you start feeling like, oh gosh, let me just be quiet. Let me just sit in the back, you know? And I had to just break away from that. Like, this is who I am. Uh, and my mom said to live, so I'm going to live. Um, and I just shifted, started with movement, um, giving myself that time. Um, I started with traveling, um, experiencing different things, things that I know that she could not do. My family could not you know, could not do, they were, I don't know why, but some uh, people in my family, um, I would say, did not leave the box or leave their block, you know, mm-hmm. of New York City or, or their same routine. Um, and I started being the person that just went out, went out of that, went out of that. From that, from, from moving, um, that was another time where it was a big shift for me, um, was leaving New York City and moving to California. Me and my husband, we came to visit. He used to come to San Diego all the time for work. And then one time he was like, hey, you want to come? I was like, sure. But he knew, he was like, oh, you're going to come, you're going to want to stay. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not. So I came and went back to New York and I said, babe, I'm leaving. Um, I <laughs> went and got an interview found a job. He's like, what do you mean? I said, like, next week I have an interview. Oh my God. Um, we <laughs> next week. And he was like, okay, um, you're going to go. I was like, yeah. So I came to the interview and then this is when I left the VA of 10 years in New York. And now I went back to the prison system and I joined the prison system here in San Diego because wow. I was familiar with it. And I was like, all right, let's, let's do this. And then I stayed here. I was, I got the job and then I was here for six months by myself. Didn't know a soul left my husband. I was like, figure it out based. And <laughs> that's how we are. Figure it out. I'll see you there. And eventually he did. And at that point I was meeting different people, you know, different connection. Um, the energy was a little bit different. It was a slower pace that allowed me to just relax a little bit. And again, listen to myself. Um, and that was another transition. And at that point I started getting more into, you know, different energy work and wellness work that I wasn't introduced to when I was in New York. Um, now it's very, you know, it's massive, it's everywhere. Back then it wasn't. Um, and in New York, they didn't really talk about it much. If I told somebody, yeah, I'm going to go do Reiki, you know, especially somebody <laughs> in my family, they're like, what are you talking about? You know, you're Haitian. This is not, you know, just go to church and pray, you know, or, um, you know, so different things like that. I started tapping into them quietly here. Now I'm very loud about it, you know, um, but before it was quietly, even to my husband, I had to explain what was this work that I was doing. Um, and it was just, now I know it as it was just little steps that I was making to just rediscover who I am. Um, started off with fitness, which I, I love and I still do. And then it went into meditation and Reiki and, and, you know, I, I've done EDMR, I've done serious breath work. I've done, you know, a lot of inner child healing, um, that I didn't know I needed, but I've, little piece you know each journey different age groups i did a little bit of everything and then that slowly just started me conforming and feeling just true and just feeling like i'm in my body i i i understand i know who anaset is um there's even moments i close my eyes and say my name over and over again because we don't do that right or times where i look in the mirror and but look at it deeply, look into mm-hmm. your eyes, like look into your eyes and really talking to yourself, not looking in the mirror, doing your hair and your makeup, but no, let's look in the eyes. And those moments where I felt like, oh, I'm not really being myself. That's when I was like, oh no, 
oh no, what am I doing? I'm letting myself down. Mm. So having those conversations and then again, little pieces. So overall, I would say different moments in my life shifted. And even 2020 was another one where I felt mm-hmm. I was uh, a lot of those wounds that I was working on healing reopened up again. Um, things that I did not know was bothering me so much um, that was holding me back from certain things I wanted to experience and be came up. Um, and then that's when I was like, all right, I, I have some more work to do. Um, and then this year, actually, I would say it's the year that I deeply, deeply went into um, serious trauma healing for myself serious self-love um and just different methods of self-care and finding and then there was other parts of me that i didn't know need healing that i i've been working on yeah so there's so many layers to us isn't there and Mm -hmm. you know it's at times it's frustrating because i can speak for myself it's like oh i've worked on that and now i'm healed from it and then you know sideswipe i'm not healed from it because it's at a different level, right? On one level, one layer. Yeah. I I have worked on it and gotten through it and done what I need to do, but there's just a lot. And I think it's something that is a lifetime of learning and experiencing. And one of the things you said, Anaset, which is really different than what other people have said is that you embraced your inner voice, right? What we've talked about with people is taking a pause and allowing our, the stillness to settle in but I love that you didn't say that. You said, no, I let everything in. I let it come rushing in and I learned to listen to it. It's literally, it's literally what I wrote down. I was going to say, was just like (laughs) how powerful that was. And you, I wrote it down instead of quieting the voices, you, you listen to them and you do it through something that I think is really key, which is movement. And I think a lot of what we get caught up in this world is that movement is one type of way. It's it's running yourself on the treadmill as fast as you can for as long as you can. It's pushing yourself physically. It's all that kind of stuff. And you talked about movement and you didn't say anything other than just like movement. It's like fitness and movement and how that it, it comes into your mind and how again, when you came to San Diego that you, you went back to that, you went back to that form of self-care and I think people avoid, and it, back to what you said, you know, our guests talk about stillness and the reason that I think there's, there's, it, there's two of them. There's stillness where you quiet the mind and then there's stillness where you allow the mind to wander and you allow the mind to do its job and think and think and think. And people think you can't do the latter. People think you can't like meditation. Well, if you sit and you meditate, you should be thinking of nothing. That's what you should be doing, you know? And the reality is, is no, what you should be doing is getting comfortable with that voice, getting comfortable with the job of the brain, which the job of the brain is to wander, is to think, is to have thoughts. And so I, what I'm hearing you saying is aside from what our other guests say is the power of pause is, yeah, there's a power of pause in which you're supposed to do in that or not supposed to, what you can do in that is allow for that influx of thoughts to come in and welcome them and accept them and know that that is your inner dialogue and that's amazing and powerful. And I think that that's so key is, is the empowerment and empowerment that comes from your own voice. And, and I love what you said, and I'm going to do it now is you just say your name. Like mm-hmm. who does that? Who just says their name inside their head? I don't. But or do I, you say it out loud? Do you say it in your head or do you say it out loud? I say it out loud. See, that's even even more powerful. I actually Mm -hmm. went to a workshop and uh, she had us just say it over and over. And I was just like, whoa, because you don't really hear yourself say your name. No, it feels uncomfortable. The moment you said it, it, it's like, like, oh, that seems uncomfortable. Yeah. 
And then that's the, that the feeling that they had us in that workshop go through was how do you feel when you said that? And I was like, I felt anxious. I felt weird. Yeah. That sounded weird. It was like, no, it shouldn't. It's who you are. It's like, you know, so then I just started doing that. And now it's just a part of me. It's just like, Hey, and I said, okay, so this is what you're going to do today. So, you know, like kind of like self-talk, but saying yeah. it in a way where Anaset is a person outside. Yeah. You're looking at yourself as a person and you're valuing yourself and your own strength. And we all have it. Um, and it's just about finding what that is for you and then just channeling that in so we can have those conversation, those good days and then those, those bad days. And then, you know, and we just talking and hearing it. Um, and then when you, when I mean, the voices flood in and those times that I would listen, it would sometimes it would be powerful. And then sometimes it'd be like, oof, am I thinking that? Mm. You know, those, oof, you know, I had to suffer from confidence issues for a while. I was like, well, why am I? thinking like I'm not confident why am I thinking I'm not worthy and then these are the, the, the voices that were coming and I was like oh no I want to listen to them and then I'm going to assess them and then I'm going to figure out how to shift that and change it up I think one of the powerful things about saying your name out loud and speaking to yourself as a person in the mirror is that it's really hard to say horrible things <laughs> to the person in the mirror if you're saying it out loud so easy to tell ourselves all these awful things about ourselves. You're so stupid. You're yeah. so dumb. You're a loser. You're whatever. And I'm going to try that. I don't know that I'll be able to, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it, the anxiety is like oh, up here, even just thinking about it, which yeah. makes me think that would probably be really helpful for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, thank you for that. That's, I love that. There's this saying that fits you so perfectly. And um, it's, once you learn to be with yourself, you're never alone. And you are just such a clear example of what that looks like Um, with somebody who is just so, so comfortable. I'm going to rephrase that and say, learning to be so comfortable with themselves as that they're willing to just live that. Like, it's just, you're just going to do it. You're just going to talk to yourself the way that you, you know, need to be talked to and you're going to nurture yourself the way you need to be nurtured. And you're going to do all those things for yourself because again, back to your values, connection being one of them, you can't build authentic connections if you're not authentic with yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And that is something that knowing you in the short term that I do and knowing your history and your career, that authentic connection is so important to you. And if you're not, if you're not doing it to yourself, then why is, why is the person you're connecting with going to choose to do it with you? And I think that that's, that's just so beautiful how, again, like I said before, your values just comes, come through so clearly. They just, that's just, that's who you are. You are your values. And I imagine that the people you surround your with, surround yourself with share similar values to you. A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's, you know, when you had to put up some boundaries and uh, for some people that I, 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 I love, you know, but I, I wasn't aligned in those certain directions with them. And I had to slowly put some boundaries up and that allowed me to, I kind of say like, find your tribe, mm. you know, and I had to find my tribe of, you know, that whenever I was around, I felt my energy was up, you know, I was, I was lifted a, you know, um, I was able to just talk about good things and bad things. And it was just free. Um, And they shared the same thing and that made it comfortable. And then I also at that same time had to know that I had to put some boundaries and some walls up uh, to some energies that I know wasn't, didn't serve me. You know, it wasn't good for me because when I had a conversation with this person, I felt completely down after, you know, it doesn't mean I didn't love them. I, I, right this moment, I can't give you that energy right now. Um, but when I can, I'll be able to, but so it was just, you know, finding the community that I can be around, I think 24 seven. And then some people at the slow, you know, part of me and, you know, that I can give 
some of me too, or um, vice versa, you know, where I receive from some people and, you know, we all receive and we take from people yeah. in, in an emotional way. And it's just about knowing who you can do that with. Um, yeah. To just make you feel completely hundred percent yourself. Um, and I did find that. I did find that. There's something, something else that I want to bring back. Cause I'm sitting here and I was like, Oh, I'm not going to mention this. I'm just going to like keep it in my head, but that wouldn't be who I am. So you said, the pivotal, you know, pivotal time. I asked you the question, what was the time? And your answer was there were many times and that your value started to shift and you started to kind of come into your own. And you had mentioned the death of your mom was the, the most pivotal. And it's funny. And then we, we, Dina brought in that like, it's a continual journey and you're, you're kind of always learning and always growing. And it's funny because one of the first podcasts that we did, I talk about my pivotal moment and it was the death of my father. And the lesson that I learned in that is exactly kind of what we're talking about is you continue to learn, learning who you are, learning your values, growing into them never stops. And I think that's so key for our listeners. What you said is the, that it wasn't just one time and boom, you were who you were, or boom, your values were what they were. It was a few events of reevaluating and how that's just how life is. It, life is always going to ask you to reevaluate and learn and grow and mature into who you are in that moment. Cause I imagine Anna said at 15 is very different than Anna said at 40. And I'm not sure when your mother passed away, but I imagine that Anna set is very different than current day Anna set. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important just to reiterate to our, our listeners is that values are something that are constantly evolving with us and growing and maturing with us. And it's okay to stop and reevaluate if you don't feel aligned with what you determined as your value. And I think that can be, again, back to talking about some shame in our culture and in a lot of cultures, even our previous guest, and um, just that, that it's okay to change and it's okay to be trying different hats on and, and learning new ways to find out who you are. And I just, I, I, I thank you for kind of bringing my thought into that place. Cause I think sometimes I can get stagnant into thinking, oh, this is who I am. And this is how I'm going to be in 20 years. And um, I learn from Dina all the time that that's not going to be the case that you're going to continue to grow and learn and reevaluate and expand your understanding and your own inner wisdom. Cause that's something she does so beautifully. Um, yes, she, <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> and I always have to drop a sappy moment in the podcast for Dina, but, um, yeah, just like, I love that you said that, that it wasn't just this one thing and, and you change it's, it's this constant journey of, of reevaluating and realigning yourself with what matters to you. <laughs> I, I, it's funny that you say that. And yet not funny because what I've noticed is this, you know, synchronicity that we have. And I was thinking the exact same thing that I wanted to bring <laughs> up, which was, I'm afraid that sometimes on this podcast, it can feel like, oh, our guests are so self-actualized, right? That they've reached some pinnacle of understanding of themselves. And that is just not true. And it's not that they're not wonderful people and that, you know, that they haven't grown and become these beautiful individuals. It's that they're continuing to grow. And just like, you know, a, a flowering bush has moments of growth and moments of, um, I don't want to say deadness, but 
you know, contraction, yeah, hibernation, contraction, you know, so then it can come even more bloom even more fully in the spring. Right. And that's sort of how I envision ourselves and our guests. And, and again, I just think it's so important that we understand and that our listeners understand that it's, it's just absolutely not a destination. It's not one thing one place and I'm going to get there and I'm going to stand there like Sir Hillary Edmund and say, I have now conquered Everest, right? (laughs) So thank you. Yes. I was going to say the same thing. And then even as, you know, as healers or, you know, people who write the therapists like help others and, you know, people think, Oh, you're just, you help, you're supposed to have all the answers. Oh no. Oh no. Right. And I will also say, (laughs) Rachel, you said something. And what drives me nuts is when I hear people say, well, this is just who I am. I'm too, <laughs> I'm too old to change. Yeah. This is who I am. And I'm not going to name any names, but I do have someone very close to my life that says that to me a lot. And it, <laughs> right, it drives me insane because I want to shake her and say, no, if you choose to, you can grow. And, but that's society. That's so such a societal thing, right? Like I was talking to my therapist about it today and talking about some people in my family where it's, you go to college to get the job, to get the career, to get the money, to get the life. And it's this cycle. And then it, it's a trajectory that goes forward and forward and forward and forward and forward. And the reality is, is you go forward and back and forward and back and sideways and upside down and, and all of these different directions. And we don't, we don't support that idea in our culture. We don't support this idea that you can change or that you, again, back to, back to the prison population, we have such a problem with prison reform and, and reoffense because we don't believe, I shouldn't say we, cause that's not who I am, but a lot of people don't believe that they can change. Right. And so it, it, that, that idea that you can change after committing a crime or, or doing something to somebody is that's unchangeable. And I'm, what I'm hearing in this conversation is that's, not true. Change is, is inevitable and is beautiful and scary and healthy. (laughs) And that there's so much power in the rebloom, as you said, Adina, after, after you've changed. Um, And that's just something that people are, are very scared of. There's, there's no, again, back to what we said in the beginning, you're, there's no stability in that. And that is uncomfortable to a lot of the American dream belief system is, is stability is the American dream. And that's what it requires vulnerability too. Yeah. You know, in order to change, I have to look at these things about myself that I'm like, Oh, this needs some tweaking and, and sit in that and be okay with their vulnerability. And it's, it's, it's healing and it's powerful too. You know, even like I, we all experienced this past year, that vulnerability of thinking you had everything this particular way and boom, it was shifted. That's life. Life will yeah. always throw things our way. And we just have to figure out how, how do we pivot and shift and come out of this even stronger and with lessons that now my, my next journey in my life is even going to be even stronger. I'm going to walk even a little bit different. My head's going to be a little bit higher because I just, I just went through that and yeah. I came out okay, you know, and um, what did I learn from that? Yeah. So and so much power in that. And it's, it's vulnerability, you yeah. know, vulnerability. You mentioned, uh, it's funny, I've been thinking about it. I actually circled and I've been writing notes this entire time, which is very strange. I actually don't normally do that, but you've been saying things that I'm just like trying to remember very, very intently. And you said a value that we have not heard on this podcast before, which is adventure. And 
I checked myself and you said it. Cause I was like, Oh, that's, that's not a value. Like that was the first thing I was like, Oh, that's, how can that be a value? And the more I'm sitting here and I put a sun around it and I kind of done that. And I've reflected on like how that has shown up in my life. And I'm here now to tell you that I've completely come for a circle. And that is hundred percent a value because I look at how it's impacted my values in my life. And I've traveled a lot. I moved out of my house when I was 16, lived overseas and how am I, how can I have thought that that is not literally instrumental into who I am and how I articulate my values today? And so I'm just calling myself out to our listeners and to you guys that I, I said no to that. I was like, uh-uh, that's not it. And then when I stopped and take the pause and let all my thoughts and listen to all of them, I realized how that is such an important value is that inner child value. That's what that really is, is that inner child value that I think people, me particularly, I struggle with my inner child work. And so I just really appreciate that growth that I just took and that that you hit me with with something that I hadn't heard and needed to process in this time that we've been on this call for an hour. So can you can you tell me how you define adventure as your value? I am. I'm going to pick on one thing you said. You said that's that inner child. Uh That's when I really tapped into that value. When I actually Mm. started doing the inner child work, I realized what brought me joy. So I had to sit and like when, when I felt happy, when I felt like I was just completing myself and it was when I was in those adventurous moments, I felt very free and I was like, wow, I just feel very connected. Um, I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling every senses in my body, you know, from when I go somewhere, I smell and sense and taste all of that. So, and then when I did the inner child work is when I realized, because I had a lot of things that was blocking it, right. Um, Things from, you know, I love dance, right. I love dance. I, uh, but in my culture, it was, I was in dance class. And as soon as my grades went down, it was like, you're getting out of dance class. So all those adventures that I love was taken away from me. Um, and not because my parents are bad. It's again, it's because you need to get A's in school and this is, this is, you know, in your way. So when I started going into how do I feel when I'm at an adventure, how do I feel when I just dance or I, I go to another country and I'm dancing, and I'm experiencing something new and I'm like, wow, I feel great. I feel like I'm myself. And when I did that inner child work again, when I was in deep, I did EDMR, EMDR. And when I was deep in there, it's, those are the things that were coming up. In, in my visuals was those things that I did as a child, me playing around, me going to a park, me getting on a plane, me moving around, all those thoughts. And I was like, oh my God, I lost that. Um, and then I found that something was blocking me. I think it was age 12 that a trauma came to my, my head. And that's when that stopped. That's when I, I started, something was protecting based on what that trauma that I was dealing with, something was protecting me from wanting to experience again. Um, and when I did that and I, I did that work, I just kind of let go. And then adventure just came back in experiences came back in. Um, even recently, um, me and my husband, we have, we just moved again, still in San Diego, but, uh, three days out of the week, I'm in Mexico. Um, we chose to just pick up and live there. Why? I, you're, I, I want an adventure, you know? And then sometimes people think, oh, you work a nine to five. How did you do that? You can do anything you want, figure yeah. it out. And I figured out, well, three days out the week, I'm going to be here and I'm going to experience and live in another part of my life. I go back to San Diego. But those are things that I would never have done if I didn't do that inner child work because something was holding me back. 
Um, and then once I did that, I felt free. And again, adventure, I'm, I look for it. I, I, I seek it. It brings me joy. And I feel my fingers, my toes when I'm in it. So that's how I know it's a value of mine. It makes me who I am. Can you, I get- can you wait, can you just repeat that last? So can you just repeat that? How did you know it was a value? My fingers, my toes, you could feel it. You know, you feel how you feel at that moment. And then that's just speaking who I am. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> That, that That is it. And adventure, as you're describing it, I'm thinking about all the adventures that I had when I was growing up and the things that have stuck with me and what is important to me. And I'm also thinking of something you said, Rachel, which was you wanted to challenge Anaset on uh, that's not a value. <laughs> so my philosophical question here is, are there distinct values? Are Can we make can we describe or invent our own values? If you feel it in your fingers, if you feel it in your toes, if it's something that just makes you tingle inside when you're experiencing it or, or when you are absorbed in it, right? When you are living that path. If you had asked me first podcast, I would have said there is a definitive, there is a, a, a list there's a list that you can Google that has your values. That would have been my first answer. Mm-hmm. You're asking me today, episode, what are we, 13, 14? I think and this is 15. 15, episode 15. There is an indefinite amount of values. Values is whatever makes your fingers and your toes tingle. And mm-hmm. I think that that's like one of the most beautiful things that I've learned from this podcast is that fact right there is that question is that like, I came into this in my own little box of rigidity of like, these are the only values you can have. And the rest of them are stupid. And that's harsh (laughs) in my head. And I have, that is so far from, I I learned one time there's small T's and big T's and the big T's are the real truths. The little T's are your truths. And that was a little T for me. And I've learned the big T, the universal truth is values are whatever words make you feel like they are values or whatever, however she, I mean, you just described it perfectly and I said, it's that it's whatever gives you that feeling. And that's, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a word that the first thing that came to my mind is coffee. And I don't think that that's uh, energy and we'll give it energy. Energy could be a value for somebody and uh, it might not be mine, but what I'm learning is that like, that's what a blessing that we have to learn what other people's values are and how different they are. And yet what I'm learning is so similar, right? Like I said to you, adventure in my mind wasn't a value. And now I'm sitting here being like, oh, it absolutely could be a value of mine. And I think that that's, you learn from other people's difference in their values. So to answer your question, from my perspective, there's an unlimited amount of values in the world. There is a website, you know, in the positive psychology world, um, Martin Seligman came up with these values in action. And I think there's 22 values that are universal and they went to different cultures all over the world. And these are the, these are the 22 things that they defined as values, right? So when I came into this podcast, I'm thinking people are going to say one of these 22 values or some rendition of it right? But they're all going to fit into those categories. And I think once again, that is our need to quantify things, to be able to label because it helps us to understand, right? But there's also, I'm going to go back to the value of freedom. There's a huge freedom Mm -hmm. in not having to stick by these rules and regulations that somebody else set up, 
right? What works for you doesn't necessarily work for me. doesn't work for Anaset, doesn't work for whomever. And that doesn't make us wrong or that we're not as smart or not as in touch. It just makes us who we are and, and, and different. And I think there's, again, it's just such a beauty in that. And, you know, you look out in the world and there's no, I'm, I'm looking outside my window and, and the leaves, I mean, every single leaf is different and they all come from a common place, but every single one is different. And that's how humans are too. So I also think something that is really powerful that you said that has me really thinking and I'm really clearly, you can see I'm really thinking this entire podcast, but the thing that taught you what adventure was, was dance, was when I think people get caught up in adventure, it's like, oh, you got to do this big travel and you got to go see the world. And you found it in a everyday movement that you can put in your life. And I think that that's really powerful for me and our listeners, because I'm a listener as, as much as I am a host, because you can get caught up in, oh, I, I can't do it because I can't make that big step. I can't go buy an airplane ticket. I can't afford this, or I can't do that. And what you just said is it came from just how you felt doing this thing. And that was adventure that joy and freedom and movement back to your, your, your listening and how you did that is adventurous and, and it's freeing and it's inner child. And I just think that that's, that's so liberating to hear you say is like, it's as simple as, as dancing to find adventure. It's as simple as singing or drawing or just those, those creative kind of things unleash adventure. And and I think that for our listeners who might find adventure to be something they want to explore as a value, just make it as as obtainable as you can to to find that search and to find that experience. Um, And I think that that's just, you don't hear it as simply put as what you said is just, you found it during dance. During dance, playful. Playful, Playful. playness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Playness. Yeah. 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 It's it's that it's that on that playground, that inner child on the playground yeah. making pirate ships out of the jungle yeah. gym. Taking um, a fort or a tent in your exactly. in your home. We can still exactly. do those type of things as adults in a different way. Yeah. yeah. Or even in the same way. In the same way. Actually, I was just gonna say <laughs> when we, we moved over here, we had a a bunch of boxes in Mexico. We had our bed wasn't up and me and my husband, we literally made a fort on the balcony and just like slept and it was like, Oh my god, that was so great. I <laughs> love that. Like, like, you know, I love that. Um, that was an adventurous moment, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So Anaset, what would you say is your secret ingredient to your wellness pie? Oh, okay. Well, this pie has a lot in it. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, what just fills me up and just stuff it in the pie is I go back to movement, fitness, mm. dance, active, just moving my body. I go to food. I love food, different kind of food and the taste and um, the mindful eating, you know, of like shutting everything down, closing my eyes and feeling that every flavor. Um, I, I enjoy doing that. So, so food, it, it kind of fills me. And then I go to my, my stillness, which, which I, which gives me time to just be quiet and, and, you know, sitting in front of an ocean or meditating or, um, doing energy work or, you know, just sitting in stillness with music and playing that, um, is all thing. And then also fashion for me, I love playing dress up and people be like, I, Dina knows I will change my hair 
all the time. And when I change my hair, it's a different character. Like my friends now are like, oh, it's Fiona. I have my hair pretty long and straight to the other. <laughs> and it's Fiona. Then I'll have this. But it's the me, again, that playful side. And I love fashion. I love expression. And sometimes I don't have to say anything. I can express myself through how I want to feel that day by what I wear, what colors I wear. So all those things is kind of what fills my pie. Um, and then my last is just learning, learning from others, connecting, networking. I love meeting people. I love hearing people's story. It helps me grow when I hear their story. I love being that listener. And then, you know, different people from different walks of life, different age groups, everything. I'll have a serious conversation with an eight-year-old and I, I make joy to my day, uh, you know, or I'll have someone who is older than me and that wisdom that I'm experiencing. Or, so all of that, it fills me. So it's, it's, it's so many ingredients and, um, some people may have one or two. Um, but for me, it's, it's a lot of it. Um, and it's just who I am and different sides of me gets filled by those different ingredients. And that makes a lot of sense that there's not one, one secret ingredient. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with someone as complex as you. Who yeah. Has... Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. I've been doing, yeah. um, I've been doing a lot of study on the idea around yin and yang and Taoism. And that's been a big, big thing in my life right now. And I, I always thought it was weird that you, I was one thing and another thing. And now, of course, now I'm learning that it's like, oh, I'm actually one whole thing that just is created with two. And so I wrote down all the things you said. And actually right next to them, I wrote if they're yin or yang. And <laughs> it's really interesting how balanced in your yin and yang activities you just mentioned, right? Movement, very yang, food, very yin, stillness, very yin, fashion, very yang, you know, that, that expression that kind of out there and then learning, I was wrote it down. I was like, what would learning be? Where would I classify that? And I didn't know until you said listening and listening means stillness. And so that's very yin. And I just, I'm sharing this with you because I, I find it so helpful to me to know how somebody, right? Your value is balance. And how do you find that balance? And you just explained it perfectly. You have this combination of yang and your yang self and letting those sounds come in, letting those voices come in, moving your body, bouncing around. All of that is so yang. And then you have this other side of you that is very yin and very still and slow and nurturing and listening. And I think that that's just for me so helpful in my own journey and how I learned to balance myself and learn that value for me of having both of those things. And like you said, Dina, right? It, it's okay to have more than one ingredient to make your pie whole because really you need to, you need that balance and that check-in of I'm feeling I'm feeling low or maybe more yin today. What are my yang? What are my yang attributes? You know, oh, I, I'm going to put on this fiery, expressive outfit. And, and that balance that you just perfectly articulated is, is really helpful to me to learn to go through my ingredients list and find, I, I already can tell you, I'm going to have a lot more yin on my list. And I think that you've given me maybe some more yang that I can align myself with. I, I love fashion. I love expressing myself and I've never thought of it how you just put it. And so I just really thank you for that. I'm really reflective on, on how you've balanced your yin and your yang. Any um, last thoughts 
here before we wrap up? I'm just so thankful. I, I'm just really, I've learned so much in this, in this episode. At the end of every single one, it's this moment of growth for me and respect for the women in my life. And um, I'm not calling you elders, but women <laughs> that is. are older. <laughs> that She's are calling older. us elders. That are so inspiring to me. And I've, I've, you've made me question a lot in this podcast. And I don't think that's happened a lot is, is questioning things and, and having this pop up of like, oh, this doesn't feel, this feels weird. Why does it feel weird? And then exploring that in this real time in my head. And I'm just so appreciative. I've learned a lot. I really, um, I'm excited to get off this call and tell my husband, like, these are all the things that I've learned. (laughs) And, you know, I just, I really, I'm appreciative for your time. I'm appreciative of you getting vulnerable and sharing your story with us. And, and just giving our listeners so much food for thought and so much realness that this is just kind of something you just, you grow and you learn with and you, it's not going to be easy or comfortable. Cause I think that was something you mentioned a lot is like, this was hard work. This required you to look at you talk about EMDR and I'm in EMDR right now. And like, it requires a lot of vulnerability and self-reflection and hard hardness, hardships. And I think that you saying that while also speaking so much truth makes me feel even more validated in the work and self-healing journey that I'm on, that there is some way on the other side where you will live more authentically. And so I just really appreciate you sharing that with me because it was really helpful for me today. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you ladies for holding this space. At the same time, I want to say, Rachel, as you were I guess, dissecting and, and what I was saying, everything that came back, I was, I was also learning from you <laughs> at that particular moment. Like, oh, I like how she phrased that. She understood what was in his brain. But then we had shared, you know, experience, shared stories, you mm-hmm. know? So it shows that we're all so different, but then, yeah, we're all so similar, you know, yeah. as that human. So yeah. I, I appreciate that you guys even allowed me to share my story and this space and, connecting with you guys on a real level it's like I'm feeling real but you you guys are allowing this to happen which is great um, oh yeah so thank you well thank you and yeah. it's funny that you just said that about you know we come from different places and everything and and I wanted to acknowledge how your journey and coming from a completely different culture than the United States you know coming from Haiti although you personally didn't in the belly but your mom right and, and being the the daughter of an immigrant, how different culturally that you grew up and yet that connection, it doesn't matter. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think of the world today and especially in our country about the divisiveness about the us and the them and you're so different. And how can I possibly relate to who you are? Because, you know, your people are from Haiti and my people are from, you know, England or whatever it is. And it just reinforces to me the validity of our common space in values. Yeah, And I just really appreciate that and appreciate your taking the time out of your day to talk with us and allow us to ramble. And (laughs) that was awesome. I love it. (laughs) I also want to say, Dina, too, something else you said, not just culturally, but I mean, not going to call everybody out, but there's a, there's an age difference between the three of us and we're all at different stages in our lives. And again, I find that on every podcast that we've been on too, there's, there's generally an age gap and I'm generally on the other side. 
side. You're of the it. young side. I'm, I'm the, the old side. side and Nina's <laughs> the old side. But I think that again, it's something I suffer with in my own age group is, is finding common ground with people who might be my mom's age or my grandma's age or my little brother's age, or I don't have a little brother, but just in that example and how the age can be such a divide too. And, and I don't think we give that, that divide enough credit for how isolating it can feel. And so I, another thing I love so much about this podcast is the generational difference in us all and still that there's still respectable conversation happening. And it's not you guys talking to me or me sitting in the background and not being able to connect with you on anything. And I think that I've suffered with, you know, oh, age, age divides people. And I think our podcast does such a beautiful job at that age is, is just Irrelevant. a number that, yeah, it's just a number you were given in this lifetime, mm-hmm. not lifetimes before or lifetimes after this. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing that our podcast does is that age, age shouldn't be a division. It should be um, an opportunity for growth and learning on everybody's part. On, yeah, exactly. On everybody's part. Put. Thank you. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. All right. Anna set. Thank you so much for your time and, and this wealth of knowledge that you dropped on all of our listeners ears <laughs> thank you for having me it was great thank you for having me thank you yeah. so much Anaset. there's so much more that i want to absolutely. talk to you about but absolutely <laughs> and maybe another time yeah right bye ladies that was awesome all right bye. Thank, thank you, you. Bye. bye another great podcast super excited for upcoming guests yeah good thank you so much oh, thank you all right oh. and uh yeah, our listeners can check out new Instagram page. Yeah, and Facebook page. And Facebook page. That's right. So hopefully they'll give us a like and write some comments. Tell us what they think of the episodes. Great. Thank you so much. All right, Rachel. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.